Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. Struggle Creates Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. I always say that no two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. On today's episode, we have two very special people who have created a mental health platform of their own called You Are Collective. Your Collective was created by Michael and Rebecca in hopes to raise awareness to mental health. They have also started the One Million campaign, which provides one million counseling sessions to people struggling with mental health. Their story is definitely worth hearing and I hope that you enjoy because it's something that hits close to home, also provides you with some resources in how to get better and how to strengthen your mental health. I hope you enjoy and this is their story. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Raincoast Clothing. Raincoast Clothing is a clothing company based out of Vancouver Island, Canada, which represents nature by embracing adventure, spontaneity, and health, both physical and mental. Raincoast Clothing has made a big step in the community as of late by donating 5% of all profits from all items of their clothes to mental health awareness. I have also partnered up with them to create a Struggle Create Strength t-shirt and 100% of profits will be going to mental health awareness. Be sure to go to raincoastclothing.com and not only support them, but support mental health and raise funds for mental health awareness. I hope you enjoy your collective podcast and Rebecca and Michael have a story that is definitely worth hearing. Enjoy and thank you. Oh, there you guys are. How's it going? Good. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on today. Oh my God. Thank you. Sorry. I'm just getting like the hinge on my laptop's all funky. So I'm just trying to set it up. Yeah, it's all good. No worries. No worries at all. So I've already kind of introduced you guys. But um, so this is Rebecca for everyone. And then this is Michael. Uh, They're both from Spruce Grove, as I've kind of explained. But uh, do you guys want to explain how you actually came to Kelowna? What started your initiative of your collective? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, So I'm sure you've touched on it. Uh, Michael and I moved here. Um, from just outside of Edmonton, we were living together in Spruce Grove. Um, I had recently finished um, my diploma in broadcast news, and so I was working at a radio station out in Spruce Grove, um, and it actually didn't turn out to be the dream that I had hoped it would be. So Michael and I had traveled out to Kelowna quite a few times throughout that summer, Um, His family has a home here, so it was obviously really nice to be able to come out and we were kind of like, what is keeping us in Spruce Grove, Alberta, besides, you know, like we, our family is around Edmonton and we obviously love the heck out of them, but we're in our like early 20s, there's no reason to keep us slamlocked. So we basically started putting out feelers and I got a job at Shoppers Drug Mart like as a supervisor and that's what brought us here and as soon as that kind of started to wear off like the fun of being in a new place and it wasn't summer anymore um everything kind of started to pile up on top of me and although it felt like I was in such a good place in so many aspects. Like we had our own little place. We were in Kelowna. I was now moved on from shoppers. I had a dream job in communications and I still couldn't get out of bed. Like Mm. it was still 
every morning would be a knot in my stomach and like something is just sitting on me being like, nope, not happening. Like not today. And I believe you were working at the time and like doing his best to be like, come on, like, let's go. And if you've ever been there, you know that it doesn't matter what anyone else says. It's what's going on in here that is going to get you in bed. So eventually I actually made it to a walk-in clinic here because again, we were like brand new. I had no uh, doctor, like practitioner, anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I went to a walk-in clinic and happened to stumble upon like an incredible GP that I've never experienced that before at a walk-in. I'm not sure if you've ever been to one Lucas, but I'm sure you can attest. Um, and he stood there with me and like, listened to me cry about things that I didn't even know I was upset about, you know, like things that I didn't even know I was keeping inside. And, um, he had the resources to send me to like a local walk-in counseling clinic, which I wouldn't have known that existed. Um, and I got the help I needed. Like it took some time, um, and it took a lot of work. but I got the help that I needed. And because of my background in broadcast news and things like that, I'm very open. Like I love to talk clearly. I've been talking for the last five minutes, but, um, I started to share my story and I started to hear from other people that that was not common. What I, the like very positive journey to healing that I had experienced. Um, and so Michael and I had been talking about it and we always wanted to create something together do something for good Mm -hmm. and this idea never really left us so we started talking about and researching you know what is out there for mental health and again I'm sure you can attest that there's not a lot um so we started with an apparel collection to kind of hit into the mainstream and really get an empowering message out there uh, for people on their mental health journeys. And we chose to donate proceeds from all of our collections to mental health services. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of snowballed from there. That's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. So Michael, what was it like for you, obviously moving from Spruce Grove as well and coming to Kelowna and then obviously experiencing all of that and seeing Rebecca go through all of that? Yeah, um, I'd say during all of that, I'd say I was not really aware. I'd say she was the first to really take the step into mental health and take the step on her journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for me, like, I was just uh, like an, I don't want to say I'm, I don't want to put a gender to it, but I was just a regular human that didn't really understand mental health and just watching her deteriorate. I didn't really understand it. I, for myself, I've lived with mental illness my entire life, but not really understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I get highs and lows, I'd say yearly. I don't know. It's hard to, well, lately it's just been a it's been 2020 so we'll say that yeah, exactly but uh yeah no for for me i think the bigger struggle i think for me was when i was a kid i moved from newfoundland so like 3500 people to like downtown edmonton almost like north end edmonton so it was kind of 
early on for me. And then like moving from Edmonton to Kelowna, this was kind of like paradise, I want to say, because it was moving away from that, like all the crowd, all the chatter. I definitely miss the city feeling though, Mm -hmm. a big city feeling. I definitely miss it, but yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I'm I'm a little off today. I'm just on my Oh, no worries. No, yeah. You're doing great. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, even just being on here and just talking and giving whatever you can give and obviously Rebecca you as well. That's why we're here. There's no judgment. It's an open an open uh an open podcast to speak about whatever you want to speak about and if it takes you two minutes to spit out one word, then it's two minutes to spit out one word. There's no pressure. It's just having conversations and obviously getting down to kind of some of the roots of mental health and some of the struggles that obviously you have encountered, I've encountered, everyone's encountered. So being able just to spread the word and allow people to actually open up is that's why we're here. And that's why obviously you guys have started your collective as well. Um, And so with that, obviously, you guys are encouraging people to speak up. And one of the things that you started is the 1 million campaign. Do you want to get into that? Yeah. Also, thank you for saying um, what you said. That is so important and special to come across. So I really appreciate that. Your awareness is pretty big. Yes. Um, Yeah, the 1 million campaign, we started at the beginning of 2020. Michael has always had a dream of being a millionaire and we thought the best way to do that would instead be an impact millionaires. So uh, hence the 1 million. Um, And we are raising proceeds to fund 1 million counseling sessions across Canada. So we, from our like own personal journeys, mine, as well as Michael's, um, we've both used talk therapy, different kinds of um, support groups and like psychotherapy. And it's been wildly impactful um, on our journeys. And we've come to see how very inaccessible it is. Um, As much as I say, I got the help I needed. I still was on a wait list for a month and a half the first time. Um, And I still, I still needed to be pointed in all the directions to go. Mm -hmm. And so the more that we kind of got down to, you know, what do we want to focus on moving forward? Because mental health is such a broad, we could be doing a trillion and one things. So the more that we kind of got to who we wanted to partner with in communities as well, there's so many like smaller grassroots organizations that are doing this work in the communities and are not getting either regular funding or um, the awareness or, you know, just the props that they deserve. And so I think what we really wanted to do with this campaign was instead of, you know, find the biggest uh, mental health advocate was to try and find all of the little, um, or smaller groups Mm -hmm. and throughout the country. So, you know, not only big hubs like Edmonton, but going into Spruce Grove where people don't probably know a ton about, or even around Kelowna, Vernon, Peachland, Summerland, like um, 
those are places where the inaccessibility gets even greater. And so through the 1 million campaign, um, that's where all the proceeds from our collections go through, uh, any donations. Um, if we do events or workshops, they're always free. Um, but if there's any donations through those, um, they're also donated to the 1 million campaign. And then quarterly, we uh, send out basically some cold hard cash to uh, different charities and organizations. So currently we're partnered with um, Community Future, or not Community Futures, uh, Connect Counseling, um, which is where I got my first ever counseling services and still continue to go to them because they're incredible. Um, who else, etc. Youth Group, uh, on behalf of Bridge. So they provide um, weekly services to LGBTQ2IA youth in the community. Uh, YMCA Okanagan, which has tons of wellness programs um, and is opening back up. So yay. And recently Childhood Connections, which we're so excited about. And they are providing free child and play therapy for kids in the community. That's amazing. How important do you think it is? Obviously, you have like both touched on it about speaking up and talking. How important do you think it is to obviously seek some of that professional help? And in what different ways is that obviously beneficial to people that are struggling? Yeah, 100%. You want to take this? Because I feel like you were the most hesitant maybe about, about what? getting like counseling. Help. Yeah. Um everyone would definitely like for myself right now for example i'm missing it mm -hmm. um i haven't been doing it and i definitely notice without it if it if it's considered a self-care thing mm -hmm. I, I really see the benefit of counseling 100 percent. and if it works for you like it and that's you you have to accept the work and that's the only thing in counseling is I, I was never I was never a kid to accept teachers and never a kid to accept learning. So I just always was that kid that was like I would shove it out the door. And this this is something I was trying to shove out the door. But you're learning about yourself. So it's kind of like you're either giving up on learning about yourself or not. And it's it's a big change from that point, I think. Absolutely. But the professional side of it, like. Yeah, they, they just know how to make you think that way. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah, I know for myself, even when I was trying to seek the help that I needed, I was super hesitant on going to an actual professional, especially because I think there's always, well, the stigma, but that surrounded men, especially that it's like, oh, if you go see that, like go seek help, you're, you're weak or you're not a man, you can't be vulnerable. And that was something that, it's why it took me so long, I guess, to seek help and obviously be as open as I am now about some of the struggles that I've encountered. And um, I think for any male and any male that has actually gone and seek the professional help, they'll say that it's beneficial. And I know for myself, I go um, now it's every couple weeks, but I still go and see um, I go see a psychiatrist and we just we're sitting in there. And we're just talking. It's no there's not like okay, this, why are you struggling? What's going, like, what's wrong? It's, I'm just in there talking and talking about some of the things that happened in my day. And then he'll 
come back and he'll have like different tips of advice on what I can do to obviously better myself or why did I feel that way in a certain situation? Why am I still thinking about this sort of thing? And a lot of people don't realize how beneficial it actually is and how it's not this, there's not this big cloud of negativity around it. It's actually a big cloud of positivity. And when you're in there, you notice that. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. It's not the like pad and paper and you're laying there and they're analyzing you. At least not for me. I've never, ever felt that way. No, I, I don't think it, I think it's perceived that way. Yeah. 100%. I think it really is. But, and, and there is going to be those, there is going to be those humans that are out there that, take their job a little more seriously than what they should. Yeah. And they're going to try and be that human that's going to try and fix you. But the majority of these humans that are out there just want to help you help you. Yeah, exactly. And typically, like, they've been through shit. Like, yeah. sorry yeah. if I'm not allowed to swear. That oh, you're good. Yeah, it's an open, <laughs> an open platform here. Just say whatever you want to say. Uh, but you know, like they're there for a reason. They didn't, they didn't come up through high school thinking, yeah, I want to be a counselor. Like that sounds great. No, I, they typically have went through stuff and know that that person sitting on the other side helps them through. And that looks super cool. I think that now that I've been through experiences, mm. I could help people through stuff too. Absolutely. And that's, I think the coolest part for me is like, I don't think of my counselor as some like up here, top tier gal who's never been through shit. Like, mm -hmm. no. She, and she's honest about it too. I mean, she's not dragging in her, like her baggage by any means, but she's not like, uh, my shit doesn't stink. Like, you know, she's, we're all human. We've, yeah. we've been through stuff. And one like tiny thing to know before I'm sure you're ready to move on, but it's okay if it's not the right fit the first time. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, 100%. I know even for myself, I went to a couple different counselors and psychiatrists before I kind of found one. And yeah. funny because the count or the psychiatrist that I have now, I went to him in the past and I actually, I wasn't a fan and I tried to move on to somebody else and I came back to him eventually and now I've been seeing them for the past like year and a half. And so it's sometimes it's, it just happens. And it obviously definitely take your time with finding the right fit. And sometimes it might be the right fit before you even know it. So 100%. yeah. Yeah. How long, if you don't mind me asking, like how long for, I guess, both of you did it take to obviously find that right person? I know Rebecca, you said you kind of found that person right away. But um, even when you were in Spruce Grove, did you ever think about reaching out to people or did you see people? Um, I have been on this kind of journey for quite some time. So I was actually in counseling for the very first time when I was uh, probably in junior high or high school. Um, my parents got divorced when I was quite young. And so that whole, you know, they were, I think they were trying to be proactive. Um, but I never really clicked with any sort of counselor back then. I was a very, very angsty teen. Um, and so really anyone, I think that tried to voice their opinion around me in that aspect, it was like, I was not having it. Mm -hmm. So quite frankly, it took quite some time 
to accept the help. And then I think once I was able to do that, it didn't super matter as much because you're right. Like I really did fall into the counselor that I first had since then I've had a, a couple different ones and not because I wanted a change, but because they were um, interns or like student counselors. And so they moved on, they were done their hours. Um, however, when they put me with my most recent one, she's a, a permanent um, counselor there. I didn't get along with her the first time. The first, I got angry. Like I, there was a time where I was like, you're pissing me off. Like <laughs> I'm not having this. And she was like, good. <laughs> and it was kind of like, okay, I see, you know me a lot more than I think yeah. that you do, you know, but it took me being like, Hey, like, this isn't okay. I'm not, I don't like how you're treating me. And then she was like, ah, good. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Like you got it. So yeah, like you're, you're allowed to say how you feel. And even within that appointment that can change the whole thing like I would totally advocate for as much as you can be honest with them right there right now because it's not going to help you if you force yourself through an hour of misery and then after you're like well I'm feeling even worse than when I came here yeah for sure um, I don't know what it was like for you finding oh for you finding a counselor was a maybe that's actually a good story yeah, let's hear it. No, it's okay. No. No, I won't talk. I won't talk to you in detail about it, but I can say now I have found one counselor that I am close to for addictions. I'm very, very fortunate for him. Mm -hmm. um, and then my other one. Yes, I can. I can. She's very, very good. I think it's just interesting how you went from, so he went from like an interior health based yep. counseling and now he is at West Bank, First Nation, the wellness center. Yep. So I think what I found interesting was that maybe like the typical one-on-one -on -one talk therapy was, you know, with a certificate in the big book was maybe not the thing, but the more spiritual and cultural more community that you like and just being more intimate with someone rather than it being this big corporation or big company that because that's essentially what say somebody like interior health is it's obviously massive and it's a massive corporation that might not always be the best for help and the best like get right in talk to someone do something like that i know even for myself when i went to i went to interior health Back when I was in high school and I remember going in there and I had to fill out this big form and then I go in and I sit with someone and they're like, oh yeah, we'll just transfer you to a different place. And I was like, if I came in in so much distress and I wanted to seek help instantly and you just make me fill out a form, come in and talk to you and then you send me somewhere else, like who knows if I'll actually make it to that somewhere else, right? Yeah. And that's yeah that's one of the things and I know you both actually touched on it and how um, basically mental health is handled in different uh, different parts of say like the Okanagan or even different parts of the country 
And sometimes, well, actually a lot of the times, uh, some of those smaller cities don't always have the right resources, but as well as the big cities, like what is, I know you touched on it, but what's something that you think kind of needs to change within our community, our country, and even potentially the world with mental health? The amount of people. Well, the amount of counselors, like they don't put the, they don't put their mouth behind what they actually say they're doing. Um, I'm not saying that rudely or anything. I'm just saying that from what I've heard and from my actual counselor at Interior Health, I was told that he had 200 and something patients in a month. Wow. And he went on stress leave for eight weeks and then called me back and apologized and was like, sorry, I never got back to you. I guess like nobody got to you. I'm like, well, yeah, but I'm gone now. <laughs> I guess yeah. my other 250 something as well, but, <laughs> but like, yeah, like that's truthfully, I don't think a, they should have more than 50. There should be no. First of all, I mean, loaded question. I think a, it needs, everything needs to be covered. They're the two biggest barriers around finding mental health care, at least in Canada, is the accessibility and the affordability. So first, people don't know where to go. They have no idea where to go. And we'll tell you that firsthand, I had no idea where to go. Mm. Second, once people get to that place, or if they do get to that place, they can't afford it. So then they've worked up all this courage, which I'm sure you can attest to. It is not easy uh, to want to go for help or get help. And so now you've shown up at a place where supposedly there's help, but it's going to be a hundred and something dollars an hour. Yeah. No, who, who has that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the, the people who have that probably do know where to go also. So they're not going hand in hand. Um, the, I would really, really, really like to see a hub in every city, major city, and then some sort of outpost, something yeah. in your surrounding areas. Um, yeah, just a hospital that's just mental health. That's it. Yeah. And not even... No physical, no anything. Not even hospital. Like, I don't super love that no. term, but... Yes, somewhere that you, I mean, and this is our big dream goal, somewhere you can go if you are in crisis, mm -hmm. but somewhere you can also go and be with your community or go, you know, and there's support groups every other hour, or you can go knit with someone or, you know, paint, maybe there's art and whatever therapy, there's breath work, there's yoga, yeah. like, if you had, can you imagine if you had that one place that people could be filtering in and out of and know it was okay and safe yeah, yeah. It took me a long time to get help as well like I remember even last year I ended up in the hospital for like a suicide attempt and I sat in the hospital for about five hours and talked to people different like I was just sitting in a room and people would come in talk to me leave come in talk to me and then so I was sitting there and I just remember saying like please don't put me in some like psych ward. I don't want to be in a psych ward because I know that'll only make things worse. And I was paranoid that they, it's like typical movie scene where they're going to give you some pills and you're going to lose yourself. But like, I've heard of 
that happening to even a couple of my friends and that stressed me out. But the worst thing was they said, okay, yeah, you're good to go home. And it was like five in the morning. And I was like, okay, yeah, like I would rather go home. And they're like, but at the same time, I wanted a set plan for what was going to happen and what help I could seek. And so I asked them about it and they said, oh yeah, we'll be in contact in the next couple of days and we'll send you a bunch of stuff. We'll do a follow-up appointment, blah, blah, blah. And that one that pissed me off because I wanted to go get help instantly and <laughs> obviously take care of myself. But two, they never called me back. So, and for myself, I have a good support system. I have a lot of good yeah. friends, good family, um, and just people in the community that know me and want to support me. So with myself struggling as much as I was, it was really nice to have that support system, but there's a lot of people that struggle and that would be told, okay, yeah, we'll call you in three days. And that three days might be too much, like too long, or they will have to wait for a counselor and they won't wait because they don't have the support or they need immediate help, but they can't obviously get it because so many and for myself and I know this might piss a lot of people off but I find that's our biggest flaw in the mental health system is that some organizations will say yeah we'll give you immediate help we'll help you can come in you can get the help that you need right away and then they turn a cold shoulder when you actually go in there and do it and I've had myself I've had that happen I've had multiple friends that have walked in on basically they've been suicidal and they wanted to seek the help that they needed immediately and they could they basically said no we can't help you or even recently with COVID it's so hectic and somebody called to book an appointment like an immediate appointment because one day they felt suicidal and they're like I think today's the day and they talked to someone and they literally turned them aside they said is this COVID related they said no they said okay sorry we can't help you like that is to me <laughs> excuse my language, that is so fucked up, like, honestly, and that really frustrates me. And that's why I wanted to obviously start something like this and seeing, like being motivated from you guys as well and seeing what you're doing in the community. It obviously inspires me to obviously have these types of conversations, but as well as make a difference in the community, different communities, Canada, and then hopefully the world, because I think nobody, like there's a statistic, don't quote me on it, but due to COVID, I think there is something around like 250,000 deaths, approximately. I don't know if that's the actual number, so do not quote me on it. But um, in the same period of time, there's been about, I think it's like 400,000 deaths due to suicide. And so that's what frustrates me is because this big pandemic has obviously reached the world, which it's very important. But at the same time, I think there's a bigger issue to be talked about and that's mental health and nobody, a lot of people push it under the rug. And I think it's almost time that we obviously start speaking up and start coming out with these vulnerable conversations that prove that everyone has had mental health struggles. Cause I truly believe it, that everyone at some point in their life either has or will encounter a mental health struggle. So for yourself, <laughs> Like for yourselves and myself, that's why I think we're obviously trying to start these initiatives and make it so that, or I guess learn from the, I guess, 
I don't, I, I don't know the word for it, but just learn from those sorts of situations that we've obviously encountered and realize what the change needs to be and coming out and making that happen. And obviously takes a lot of work and it will take a lot of time. But at this, the same time, I think if we get a lot of people on board, there's no reason why we can't, can't get this going instantly and giving the help that people need right off the bat. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been really frustrating to be honest, to be, um, in this industry, we'll say like mental health community mm-hmm. during COVID and seeing all of these resources immediately pop up. Wow. How easy was that for them to just quickly add a new helpline, add a new resource, add a new this. And it's like, haven't people been killing themselves like every 30 seconds for the last decade? Mm -hmm. Why did it take a global pandemic to flip the switch? And then exactly like you said, you can't get those services if you're saying that your mental health uh, challenges are not related to COVID. Mm-hmm. Like what a joke. Everyone has those mental health challenges. COVID is adding on top of that. Sure. But yeah, it's, it's been eye-opening to say the least. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think that a lot of people are taking mental health to I guess in the serious extent that it really is. And that's been happening for a really long time. And I know that it is definitely getting better um, and more talked about, but I think there's obviously still a lot of those flaws that we've obviously briefed on, but I, um, yeah, I think especially with the pandemic going on, there's so many more, um, I guess, obviously suicide cases that have occurred but as well as just the mental struggles. And I know a lot of my friends, especially if they don't have jobs, they can't because they can't get them. And I was fortunate enough to still have my job, but at the same time, you obviously, you look at every person as kind of a learning curve and you see the struggles that they're encountering and what's adding those mental stressors on top of their life. And as well as obviously myself, but I think we just, we have to create a change and create this voice that honestly shakes the world with the power of speech. And that's something I've always been trying to incorporate into everything is saying like, we have to shake the world with the power of speech, because essentially that's what it is, is all of us speaking up and talking about our stories and sharing our stories and proving that it's okay to be vulnerable and to speak up and talk about the things that bother you. And I know one of the things that I've tried to incorporate into my life, especially recently, is not put up with the bullshit. And that means if somebody is being negative towards me or say not supporting what I have to say, I will call them out because I think that's really important because I don't wanna go home at night and be like, oh, why did they say that? Why, Why didn't I just speak up? Why didn't I do this? And that's obviously what I want other people to do as well. And that's why I created this mental health platform and podcast, because I want to prove that we can all speak up and start this snowball effect of having people share their stories and having you guys come on and share your stories. That's, that's a huge, obviously it's one of the starters, but it's something that 
I know for a fact that from these conversations that we've had today, a lot of people are going to look at them and want to speak up, want to change the world in some form or another, and obviously want to seek the help that they need and speak up and share everything that is kind of bottled up inside and just really let their emotions out. And I think that's obviously super important for us all. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to say, I know you said calling out, but I know you really mean calling in because we want, and that's exactly what your platform is doing, but yeah, it's, that's, I think a really big thing too is, and you're very good at that. Like acknowledging and bringing people into the conversation instead of just like flip, you know, being like, what the hell is wrong with you? Because chances are they want to actually talk about something. They're just not sure how to get it out or, you know, um, and we, so Luke and I met, I'm not sure if you mentioned earlier at the 86 project event. Um, and there was something that they posted earlier. And I think that they're really good advocates about is like, you know, we, we might not all know the right language yet on how to talk or to someone or support someone or actively listen. Um, and so it is like still a little bit up to us on that other side to exactly like you said, you know, stand up for yourself. If you feel like that someone's not talking to you the right way, but don't try not to be defensive because chances are, yeah, they're, they're trying to support you. Like they're trying to be there for you. It's just no one, we were not taught these things. Like (laughs) this is brand new information. So it's being patient, like with both sides, like, yes, with the people who are like struggling and going through challenges. Absolutely. But there is something to be said about having that patience for the person who is trying to support as well um, because they could they could very well be going through this all for the first time on the outside and I think we all know how hard that is to try and understand if you've never been there um, so yeah you're right it's and it's calling in both of those people to have the conversations the people who are struggling and having challenges and the people who are on the outside to be like hey maybe what don't you understand or how can we put resources in place so you can feel like you can support someone because I think all of us have this like inherent need to help people like you know we're meant to be a community we're meant to do things together and for some reason we have become so severely divided and in the thought especially I think when it comes to males unfortunately that you must do it alone. Mm-hmm. You you know, you must you must put your big boy pants on and never shed a tear and never say a thing and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that is something that my counselor has recently reminded me that we were not meant to do it alone. Yeah. So don't go at it alone. It's okay. You can ask for help. If you're a, if you're a male in between the ages of 18 and 35 right now, try going a week without your phone and see what your emotions do. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. See, yeah, see who you actually want to talk to and see who you're actually like right, right now. Like I've been weirdly like kind of trying to stay off my phone, but like, and then like it's it's taking its toll on me but then like I'm realizing the people I want to talk to right now are weirdly like my nan 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like both of my nans, I'm like, hmm, I really want to call them. Or like my like random family members where I never would have thought that I wanted to talk to that person. Like, and then I'm like, okay, that's where I'm missing connection and stuff like that. And I'm it's it's wild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know exactly what you mean as well. Um because I I've experienced that same thing where I want to stay off my phone or I only want to talk to selective people and I kind of find find a lot out about myself and one of the things is actually this past year I went traveling and that was a big learning curve for me and I learned a lot about myself and some of those important things and it's funny that you say that because while I was traveling I was sitting there and I was like wow I really want to go visit my family in Nova Scotia and I had it like all planned out too to after I was done traveling just to fly straight and go see them and visit my whole entire family because I haven't seen them in a little while and um, obviously pandemic came into play so I couldn't do that but um, it's those those realizations that you get from like kind of digging deep within yourself and allowing yourself to distance well I guess yeah just distancing yourself from social media from your phone in general it really allows you to think about some of those things that you miss or people that you want to talk to. And that's obviously a really great realization. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I did. Are you from Nova Scotia or all your family? My whole family is. Yeah. My uh, I've been back there lots, but I I'm not from there. Unfortunately, I wish I was. (laughs) That's it's honorary. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I would have this nice little East Coast accent if I was. <laughs> I don't know. Michael's is pretty much gone, so. Yeah, it, yeah. it goes away. But if you like, it comes out with alcohol. Yeah, there you go. How, yeah. Or if he's around his family. Or yeah, if he I can, I can get back talking, into lingo. <laughs> he starts talking about his family. It's like it becomes Newfoundlandese. I'm like, you know, you're not with them yeah. over there, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's hilarious. I know my dad actually has the exact same, or used to. Apparently, well, my mom was telling me that he had some, like, a heavy, heavy, like, maritime accent, and I've never seen it, but, yeah, my parents, or my, yeah, both my parents, and as well as my other family members were telling me all about it, and (laughs) yeah, they said after time, it kind of vanished, and my mom, she's like, thank God it did. Yeah. (laughs) It was annoying, but um no that that's yeah that's hilarious but it's obviously a really good that's a really good realization and obviously a point or even a tip that a lot of people can take and see who you value in your life and who you want to continue to talk to and who you'd like to talk to in the future um so that's awesome do you like both Rebecca and Michael do you both have kind of like a tip of advice for some people that are struggling with mental health Ooh, if you can be as honest about it with your support circle as you can, mm-hmm. um, that was really, 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 I think a huge turning point for me. Um, because number one, when you're dealing with or going through different mental health challenges, typically you well, you know, like you're a little bit of a different person. And so if you're not getting to be honest about what you're going through, you're not getting to really be yourself. 
And so I found that I wasn't always really surrounded by awesome people because I wasn't being myself. Mm -hmm. I wasn't being honest about what I was going through. And so the more that I have been, it's been like, I don't even, I don't even understand quite frankly, how lucky I am. I don't even know how it happened to be surrounded by the people that I am obviously with conscious or subconscious choices, but um, every single one of those people knows what I'm going through. Not in an overwhelming way, not like, you know, I'm texting them like, oh my God. Um, But they are privy to the fact that I don't sleep well. So don't text me at six in the morning. I'm not going to respond. Or I... I'm really good at isolating when I'm not feeling well. So if they don't hear from me for a few days, they know it's okay to text me and say, hey, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And that makes such a big difference. That's because again, I know, don't have to do this alone. They know your communicative language. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm open about it. I, I'm lucky, or I guess I've gotten to a place, I've done the work to be at a place where I am okay sharing those, that information because yeah, I know that it can help people, mm-hmm. which, you know, we all know that's why we're here, but mostly it's helping me, you know, like it's, it's helping me to be honest, but yeah. What about you? Don't be afraid to cry. Yeah. that's no, Dude, I cried three times today. Like, <laughs> for, like for the weirdest reason, and I'll even say it out loud. Like we had her stepbrother here for like, I don't know, three, three, four days. And it's like, it's like her, she grew up with them and like, it's her like twin almost, you know what I mean? But like kind of, you know what I mean? Like the stepbrother, but like same age, same everything. And like, it's weird because like, I saw like the joy that he brought just being here, Mm -hmm. like just being around us and stuff. And I could feel that. And like, as soon as his energy left, I was just like, fuck. And like my whole, I just caved. The minute he like left out there, like I students couldn't stop crying. The minute he like walked away, it was nuts. Yeah, yeah, that's, the, the yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, I think that's obviously so important as well, and especially to hear that from you. But for any guy out there, it is okay to cry. And I mean, I cry as well, and it's funny because I cry out of sadness, but I also cry out of happiness. And that happens a lot. I know one of the things that happens is I'll be with one of my best friends and we'll be working and having like a great time and we'll be just laughing. And I like start like crying because it's just, you're so full of happiness and it's so pure happiness and you just know that everything's okay. And it's almost like a big sigh of relief knowing that everything's okay. And then, all of a sudden you start crying and then, yeah, but it's good. It's good to cry and it's good to obviously have those moments and be happy, but also to be sad because it shows you that you are a person and you go through emotions and that's normal and everyone needs to know that as well. It's okay to feel all of the things. Yeah. As soon as you said that thought, like you made me like rethink all of my cries now and be like, which one were happy ones? Yeah. <laughs> In our most recent collection, we focus on the zones of regulation and um, one of the individuals uh, at Childhood Connections, her family member actually wrote a book about emotions and it's this little robot, it's called BotBot, the robot. 
and he gains his feelings. Oh yeah, I'll show you because it's super cute. It, he gains all his feelings and he like learns that it's okay to be mad. Like he still gets his little stripe because he felt mad and it's okay to feel sad. He still gets a stripe because he felt sad. And that is so important that yeah, it's okay awesome. to feel good, bad, mad, like all the things. For sure. But, yeah. Yeah, that no, that's incredible. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, do you like do either of you or both of you kind of have almost like a quote that you have kind of shaped your life around or something, just a quote in general that has influenced your life at one point or another? Oh my gosh, there are so many. Um one that just popped into my head okay there's two one has been with me throughout like my entire life so it's not necessarily mental health related um imagination is more important than knowledge Mm -hmm. that's albert einstein i've never felt like i'm have been a creative person like ever ever so i cling to that with uh every fiber of my being (laughs) um and also i don't know who it's by but people remember how you make them feel. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's an incredible one for sure. That's a moving one. Yeah. And so every interaction that I have, I try to remember that Mm -hmm. because you can go home and remember how the grocery clerk treated you or how the person at the stop sign treated you, you know, and that makes a huge difference. So if I can interact with five people in a day and make them remember a good feeling, cool. Absolutely. What about you? That's a, you've lost me in this one. I, <laughs> like I, I've been thinking that entire time. That's okay. Yeah, that is okay. Um, one of the things that I actually always think about as well when I'm driving or just on a regular basis is I'll be driving past someone and I'll look at them And I'm just so, I always ponder in my mind about what are they going through in their life? And that's one of the things why, obviously, like you said, people remember how they, like how you treat them. And that's so important for myself, especially is because anybody that I encounter on a daily basis, I want to have a smile on my face. I want to be a positive, kind of a, a positive light in their, in their life and impact them in a positive way. So when I drive past somebody, I always think about that is if I was to meet you and we connected or even the people that I do meet, I always wonder if they'll remember it or when they go home, if they're gonna think something positive. And obviously I hope they always do, but um, yeah, it's really interesting. And I always get into really deep thoughts about this because you never know what someone is going through in their life and I think that's the most important part and I know for myself I always I'm always a really happy person Um, I wouldn't say happy but I always have a smile on my face and because I want to make other people happy and I think smiles are one of the most contagious things in in the world for sure and being able to smile at someone and seeing them smile back is definitely a really rewarding feeling and a fulfilling feeling that's what yours is Hmm. your mcdonald's smile what smiles are free yeah uh, yeah i like that yeah he used to always say that how long did you work at mcdonald's 
three years, four years. It's a lot of smiling. That is a lot of smiling. Yeah, it was forced. <laughs> <laughs> it was forced for money. No. It was forced for $14 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I also find like, I mean, I've worked in a lot of customer service. We both have. And I mean, I'm sure you've been in and around it as well. Um, you have a good day when you put that attitude out there. Like, I can totally notice or know if I'm going to have a bad day because I've got a crabby attitude. Like, I'm only going to get back what I'm putting out there. And so if I'm, you know, putting out shit, which sometimes we have shitty days and it's okay. You can have a shitty day. But know that you probably won't get all of the love yeah. uh, in return. For sure. No, exactly. Yeah, that's, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I hope there's a day where like, there's just a whole world of Lucas's walking around smiling. <laughs> and like, there's like just one random sad person and the whole happy smile is like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah and that's what we want to get that's to. Perfect, perfect world, yeah. Yeah perfect world exactly but that's what we're kind of trying to create is and maybe it's not everyone walking around with smiles on their face but at least walking around with the vulnerability and having their story kind of imprinted on their chest where people see it and people know that everyone goes through it and that's where we want to be and where we want to go yeah absolutely 100 percent. awesome perfect well thank you guys so much for coming on i'm sure we'll have you on again very soon in the future or at least soon in the future and i look forward to keeping in touch with you both absolutely like i said lines of communication are always open with us please yeah thank you guys so much for everything and i'll uh, i'll talk to you soon hey thanks lucas yeah no worries okay talk to you later bye thanks so much for listening to another episode of struggle creates strength I hope everyone enjoyed and I hope everyone gained some tips of advice from Michael and Rebecca on how to maintain your mental health. If you want to reach me or you want to come on the podcast, you can reach me at Struggle Create Strength on both Instagram and Facebook, or you can reach me at strugglecreatestrength.com. I hope everyone enjoyed and just remember that everyone has a story.